you are listening to the India Chalo podcast. Where each episode we talk to a traveler about their journey across India, about their tryst with the culture, the customs, the heritage, the people, the food and so much more to provide you our listeners a sneak peek into what India can offer for your next trip. Enjoy. Hello there fellow travelers namaste and welcome to a brand new episode of the India Chalo podcast I am your host Rohan I'm so excited that you're here because in this episode we are traveling to North India to witness all of its majesty Imagine frozen lakes mountains valleys monasteries the highest post office in the world a different way of life and a lot more We'll be going to Spiti Valley in the winter time Joining me in this episode is Antrik Anveshan. Antrik is a travel vlogger based in India and he posts incredible travel videos of his journeys across India on his YouTube channel. Do make sure to check out his channel. We'll be posting the links for his channel on the show notes for this episode. Antrik and I get into the details of his trip to Spiti Valley. We talk about the challenges he faced while reaching Spiti Valley in the winter time. We talk about his explorations of the surrounding areas in Spiti Valley where he stayed. We talk about his experiences interacting with locals there, his experience staying in a homestay in Spiti Valley and a lot more. It was just an absolute delight speaking to Antrik about his trip. And without further ado, I bring you Antrik Anveshan. I am here with Antrik. Antrik, welcome to the India Chalo podcast. I'm so excited to have you on the show. Hi Rohan, it's great to be here. All right. So, before we dive in into the itinerary, why don't you tell our listeners a little bit about yourself? Okay, hi guys. This is Antrik. I'm uh, I'm a travel blogger and YouTuber. I have a YouTube channel where I post weekly travel videos and uh, I'm a filmmaker by profession that is what I studied in college and uh, oh, I've been into okay. video editing and all of that over the years mm-hmm. and uh, I love traveling and uh, like for uh, I think I've been to a lot of places across India mm-hmm. over the last few years solo traveling and with family and all of that so yeah that's awesome so when was your first trip ever when did you start traveling I think my first ever trip was at a time when I don't even remember it because uh, okay. it was with my family when I was probably a few months old or something. We went to Ooty as far as I remember, and my mom oh, okay. keeps on telling everyone that uh, I was very happily sleeping on top of the elephant. <laughs> so, wow! Okay, that's great. That's great. So when was <laughs> this? How many years back? I think this would be back in ninety one, ninety two. Wow! I was a okay. few months old. Okay. <laughs> and you started filmmaking recently, or that's also been a while. So it's been a while because I studied mass communication and mm-hmm. uh, I wanted to get into films uh, right from school time that is what I wanted to do right. uh, so I right. used to make all these small videos and all of it uh, on mm-hmm. windows movie maker initially mm-hmm. and I got to learn the exact technicalities and all of it at film school and uh, then like made a few documentaries worked with a few companies and yeah then like now I'm doing my own thing Awesome I've seen your YouTube channel and it's absolutely amazing I'd recommend our listeners to definitely check it out maybe you'll get inspired to go somewhere from oh, watching you. your videos So Antrik where are you taking us to today Uh so I'm going to take you to Spiti Valley in Himachal Pradesh and particularly we'll be talking about a Spiti Valley experience during the winters 
Awesome, awesome. I've seen such incredible pictures and so many incredible experiences I've heard from many different travelers. So I'm excited to dive into the itinerary. And yeah. how did you decide to go on this place in the first place? Uh, so basically, like a few years ago, Ladakh was this huge happening place, right? Mm-hmm. Especially after three yeah. years. Yeah. So I wanted to visit Ladakh and this happened uh, a few years back with a couple of my friends. Mm-hmm. So it was for the first time that I saw this entire brown scenery kind of yeah. a place. Yeah. Okay. Like, like there's no forestation there. You like uh, as far as the eyes can see, it's completely brown. Wow. Uh, okay. The, okay. So when I was planning a trip to Spiti Valley, uh, my idea was I don't want to go back uh, during the same season mm-hmm. uh, because it's again going to be similar terrain because. Uh, like if you see in the map, uh, Spiti and Ladakh, they are all in the same uh, geographical region. That's right. Yeah, yeah. So that is why I wanted to have a different experience. And that is why I decided to go during the winters because then I won't be looking at the browns and uh, the focus would be more on the whites because that would give the snow experience as well. Absolutely, absolutely. And you mentioned you went in the winter. So I imagine that's December, sometime around December. Uh, so this was March. March, okay. Yeah. Okay. So... Like uh, how the weather works in this region is uh, like in the rest of India, March time is usually it starts getting hot. Mm-hmm, right. But uh, this region of the Himalayas, this is like on the opposite side of the main Himalayas. So this is the rain shadow area. It doesn't it. get a lot of rain. So it's mm-hmm. basically a cold desert area. Got it. So okay. that is why the snowfall there starts somewhere around mid-December or end of December. Okay. And obviously, it varies okay. from year to year, mm-hmm. and it goes on until say end of March or even mid of April. Got it. Okay. And okay. So that is why even if you go there at the end of April, you are going to find uh, completely snow-covered areas. Got it. Yeah. And I was researching on how to reach Spiti Valley, and there there were two major routes that travelers can take. So which one did you, uh, which route did you take to Spiti Valley? Yeah, so basically you can reach Spiti Valley either via Shimla or Mm -hmm. via Manali. Right. These are the two entry points. Mm -hmm. Uh, Ideally what uh, people, like all travelers tend to do is they start from one side and end it on the other side. Right. That way they can cover the entire circuit. Got it. But uh, that is something that's possible only when the roads are open. And that is usually between... Uh, say mid mid May or mid June to till about November. Okay, understood. So in the winter time, the Manali side of the route is completely closed because Rotang mm-hmm. Pass, which is like the very popular pass uh, that is yeah, used to access yeah, both right. Ladakh and Spiti Valley, that gets closed. And then the next pass that comes on the Spiti route, Kunzum Pass, that is where there is maximum snow levels, and so it's completely closed off. Oh, okay. So that side okay. of the route is completely shut down, so only access during the winters is via. Uh, the Shimla route. Shimla route. And how long did that take? So basically, my trip was a week-long trip, uh, okay. like seven days. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's completely from Shimla to, if I have to take you to the entire itinerary that we followed, mm-hmm. we started from Shimla on the first day and from Shimla to Kaza, it's over 400 kilometers. Wow. So it's uh, okay. not okay. really possible to do it in a single day. And it's mm-hmm. not even recommended right. uh, because of the sudden gain in height. Right. So right. That is why people tend to take at least one break in between before uh, entering Spiti Valley. Got it. Okay. Uh, so okay. what we did was uh, on the first day, we left from Shimla and we took a, a quick stop at uh, Rampur Bushehar. Which okay. is again uh, in the plains. It's not at all a cold area at all. Mm-hmm. But usually like if you go during the summers, people tend to stop at Kalpa. 
Kalpa. Okay. okay. At this time, uh, because of excessive snowfall, the road to Kalpa was closed. So we had to stay a few kilometers before that at Rampur Busher. Mm-hmm. And on second day, we uh, started from Rampur Busher and we took the very famous uh, India, sorry, Himalayan highway. Right, right. Yeah. And uh, we went straight to Tabo, entering Spiti Valley. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So on the way, actually, we wanted to visit the Nako Lake as well, but we got stuck in a landslide and uh, we had to skip that because it was like we remained stuck there for four, five hours. Wow. Okay. And then it was completely dark. Like I think it was almost 11 13 the night by the time we made it to Tabo. Oh, so wow. Very okay. long 14 15 hour journey that day. So for uh, 14 15 hours from. From Rampur Bushair. Rampur Bushair. Okay. Got it. Okay. okay. So it should ideally not take more than nine or ten hours, but because we got stuck in the landslide, mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. so it took longer. And got usually, it. like you should be open to that because on those roads where like you can actually say the roads don't exist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just the mountains have been cut and the yeah, yeah, all yeah, there. Yeah. So yeah. And I imagine these are connected by the HRTC network, right? Yes, yes, yes. Okay. They are connected by the HRTC network. And I think that's a superb experience to have. I haven't mm-hmm. taken that experience because I get motion sickness highly on those roads. And especially oh, on a bus, okay. it gets aggravated. Right. So I avoided that. But yeah, that's one way to go about it. Wow. Okay, great. Yeah. So take us through your itinerary. You mentioned a week long, but ideally if a traveler is taking about two, three days, what would you recommend? To so do I don't think uh, this is a place that can be done in two, three days because mm-hmm. anyways, you are going to take two days one way. Just reaching okay. Kaza, the main city um, mm-hmm. valley, the main village, that is uh, itself going to take you two days. So it's actually, I don't think it's possible to do it in less than five or six days at least. Okay. Okay. Uh, yeah. And uh, uh, in the long, actually, it's actually not even recommended because of uh, the uh, altitude gain that happens. Because uh, like say Shimla or Manali, they're located at uh, 2000 meter altitude. Mm-hmm. And Kaza, which is the main uh, village in Spiti Valley, that is located right. at some 4,300 meters, wow. if I remember okay. correctly. Okay. Okay. So okay. that's a double in the altitude. And with that, the oxygen level decreases a lot. Right, right, right. People, right. T- like our body takes time to acclimatize to the uh, changing oxygen levels. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people get altitude sickness and they have to be evacuated or like uh, they have to be brought down to lower altitude. So that is where a gradual change in uh, altitude is required in those heights. Understood. Understood. Yeah. Okay. So you recommend longer time frame for exploring? Yeah, at least this. like yeah. six or seven days. Six, okay. Like what we did was I think the very basic thing we couldn't, like we had no buffer time in between. Oh, okay. So, okay. Uh, so take us through itinerary. What are the major sites in Spiti and how to go about exploring it? Okay. So like I mentioned, the first day we went from Shimla to Rampur Busher. Mm-hmm. We stayed there overnight. And the next morning we went from Rampur Busher to uh, Tabo. Tabo. Okay. Uh, so right. Tabo has this very old, actually it is the oldest monastery in India that is located in Tabo. Wow. Okay. Uh, I think it was built in 996 BC or something. Mm-hmm. Oh, like wow. So it's okay. A, okay. over a thousand year old monastery and uh, they are the Tabo caves. So even those are like uh, several centuries old and they're located uh, on the hill right in the center of Tabo. You can actually visit those caves. Those used to be the meditation sites for uh, the monks who used to stay at the monastery. Wow. Okay. Interesting. So that's a brilliant experience. Yeah. To have. I don't think I've seen something like that anywhere else. 
Okay. Okay. So yeah, so that's about Tabu. And uh, later that day, like this was the third day, uh, we were exploring Tabu in the morning, and then mm-hmm. we went to this place called uh, Pin Valley National Park. Uh, so on the third day in the morning, we explored Tabo, the caves and the monastery, and then mm-hmm. uh, we took a ride to the uh, Pin Valley National Park. Okay. So this was actually the time when I was there. That was actually the first day that the road to the national park was opened for that season. Mm-hmm. So okay. Last okay. year in March. So we were the very first tourists in the national park for the year. Awesome. Okay. So I think uh, the amount of snow that I saw that day on that route. Like our uh, tempo traveler that was actually running on a road made of snow. Wow! Okay, <laughs> and that was okay. a very like brilliant experience to have. Yeah, I can imagine. And, and course, uh, what uh, are the main highlights of the national park itself? So basically, everyone wants to go there to spot the very elusive snow leopard. Oh, okay. Uh, yeah. So, but it's not that easy to spot them. Otherwise, uh, the expeditions wouldn't cost in several lakhs. Right. So we didn't spot the snow leopard, but we actually spotted other animals like the ibex and the uh, red fox. Okay. The unique okay. animals to that terrain of Himalayas. So that was a very amazing experience to spot all of those. Plus, like uh, because we're traveling in a group, so we had good fun playing in the snow. Right. Okay. For all of us, it was completely new experience. Like with the completely frozen river, and uh, as far as the eyes could see, it was only snow on the mountains. Wow! Like several wow. feet deep snow. Wow! Okay. That was a brilliant experience. So from there, we headed to Kaza, which is the main village in Spiti Valley. Mm-hmm. It's actually the village with the with the maximum population and the maximum development. Right. Right. So that was our stay for the night, and uh, like we were going to stay there for the next three days and explore the areas nearby. Mm-hmm. as the base uh, so kaza is located at some 12500 feet and so so that's like 4000 something meters so that is why it said that you should gradually reach there okay and okay. i remember and that night the temperature went down to minus 15 degrees wow so okay. <laughs> that was a brilliant thing but we actually didn't realize it because we were staying in these homestays mm-hmm. so that was a lovely experience oh you stayed uh, at homestay how was that experience and how were the people over there So the homestay experience is actually very good. These are local people you are staying at, and uh, what happens in the winters is all the hostels and hotels, all of them are closed. Okay. Uh, okay. Actually, like no access to those. The only mm-hmm. option to stay are these homestays, and uh, uh, the amazing thing that the people, like the local association in Kaza, they have done is uh, all the homestays they have come together and they decide that okay for the next set of visitors. This particular homestay is going to get uh, to make all the arrangements. Wow! So that okay. way, they d- divide all the finances that come in, and like it sustains the entire community. Because, like, to be honest, in the entire one week that I was there, I don't think I saw more than fifteen tourists in the entire week. Wow! Okay, that's so, actually might be a good thing also. But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like uh, we were feeling privileged that we were getting to experience yeah. something that so less number of people have actually seen. Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. And did you book the homestay in advance, or did you go there and find uh, a place? Actually, uh, we we had it all booked in advance. But uh, like, even if you reach there and book it, it's easy to do. But usually, like in these situations, especially when you are going in the winters, because so less number of homestays are open, it's better to like book it in advance, just mm-hmm. so you know that for tonight you have a place to stay. Got it, got it. And like uh, uh, most of them, they are easily available on Booking. dot com and all of those. Okay. So okay. they can easily be booked. Great, great. So, so Kaza, right now in Kaza. Yeah. So in Kaza, we like the day we reached, we went to explore the Kaza Monastery. It's a 
beautiful modern monastery actually a very colorful monastery and with the snow and contrast it looked beautiful the colors were coming out even better mm-hmm. and we just walked around in the village a bit so that was it for that day anyways uh, the days are so short at that time that there, there wasn't much to do yeah yeah right and right. Uh, the next morning we went to this place called kibber okay that is i think a few kilometers from kaza and mm-hmm. it used to be the highest village that is connected with the motorable road till a few years ago okay okay so yeah that, that is located at some 14000 feet and uh, there are some lovely cafes located there so you, you can like just walk around the village and uh, sit in the cafes and enjoy wow so, okay yeah so that's uh, about it in kibber and right next to kibber is this very beautiful bridge called chicham bridge chicham bridge that, okay yeah chicham okay. bridge it's a very beautiful bridge that is constructed right in the middle of nowhere so wow. okay. uh, like the architecture of the bridge is a sight in itself and uh, that place is actually popular for snow leopard spottings because wow. it is so much in the wild uh, mm-hmm. a lot of snow, we actually spotted a lot of snow leopard expeditions there people mm-hmm. with these huge uh, zoom lens cameras and all of it but sadly we didn't spot any snow leopards you actually have to wait uh, usually in the night time they are visible okay okay and yeah. are there like tour agents or safaris uh, telling you that we uh, no no i don't think so Okay, I don't think okay. so because these are like there are few travel companies which do organize these expeditions mm-hmm. uh and like they're like not cheap at all okay they okay. they cost in lakhs from what wow. i've been okay. uh, what i've heard mm-hmm. so it's usually the professional photographers or documentary makers from Nat- national geographic and all of those they are the ones usually doing all of that and of course okay. a few independent okay. filmmakers and uh, like documentaries yeah Okay so it's not because it's not easily accessible also yeah that's, yeah yeah that's, and okay. i think majorly people don't want to spend so much money <laughs> yeah absolutely expensive absolutely. yeah 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 so after chicham bridge uh, we got back to kaza now, uh, we mm-hmm. actually went to key monastery i forgot the main thing the main highlight and uh, you must have seen photos of the key monastery yes i think yeah uh, i've seen tons of photos of that yeah, yeah, so yeah that's yeah. like the most popular spot that everyone wants to click yeah, pictures with and like, it's a beautiful experience to be actually standing in front of that uh, huge mountain mm-hmm. filled with these these box like structures wow wow okay what is interesting about the key monastery is no matter when you reach there any time of the day any time mm-hmm. of the year they usually like the monks there they will serve you tea and biscuits Wow that's Coffee, interesting all the yeah. time okay okay <laughs> so that actually gives you access to like actually talking to the monks and getting to know interesting details about the history of the place and all of that so that was a very lovely experience we had interesting so, and do you also get to roam around the monastery or is it yeah 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 you can you can go okay. inside the monastery uh, see a few places a few of the rooms there uh, they even have facilities to stay in the monastery if you want to and wow, i think it's awesome. super cheap some 200 rupees or something as far as okay. i remember that's you great you can actually stay in the monastery and experience like the monk life i would mm. actually love to do that sometime <laughs> yeah it's very tempting definitely yeah but like uh, we are not so used to like such basic lifestyle so that is something very new for all of us like city dwellers at least yeah absolutely yes yes so we spent some time in the key monastery and then by evening we got back to our homestay and uh, so yeah another interesting thing about uh, this time uh, like visiting the winters is most of the restaurants and cafes they are closed oh okay okay yeah because they don't have tourists so it's it does not make business sense to run up run all of that 
Okay. So okay. That is why all the food that we had that was all in our homestead. The breakfast, lunch, and dinner, all of it used to be arranged in our homestead. It was part of the cost of the homestay itself. Okay, understand. And what kind of a cuisine was it? Uh, it is always usually like uh, local food that they have, and it's very basic food like rice, dal, and some uh, okay, curry. Okay. 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 And it's all vegetarian food unless you like specially request for chicken or something it, mm. because it's very difficult to get meat there at that time. Yeah, I understand. Uh, so yeah, yeah, yeah what yeah. the meat they usually have is yak meat, which I think most of us would not be comfortable having. So yeah, that is why okay. they don't okay. usually include it unless you request for it. Mm-hmm. And it's like quite expensive to have that. Got it. Okay. So, okay. Yeah. And like uh, even though the food is so basic, because the way they serve it, like uh, the homestay owners, they cook it themselves and they prepare it right in front of you. They serve it to you so lovingly. It's a brilliant experience to have. Like, yeah, it's also authentic as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, true. So that was it. So the next day we went to Langsa, which Langsa, houses this okay. huge uh, Buddha statue. Mm-hmm. And uh, usually they say that you should actually have. the visit to langza and komik and the kikkim uh, the highest post office and the highest villages in the world these places on the very last day of your spiti trip because oh, they, they are, are close to spiti only that's great okay yeah yeah they they are close to kaza itself mm-hmm. so i think it's some 40 kilometers or something like that that's great uh, but okay. because of the uh, road condition it takes you almost one to two hours to reach there the roads mm-hmm. are so bad so we went to langza and that's a lovely spot to just look around the entire valley Mm-hmm. uh and because this was in the winter so all we could see was this uh, yellow color buddha statue sitting on top of uh, white surroundings all across and blue skies amazing wow amazing absolutely incredible plus i actually remember we were there on uh, holi last year oh okay we, okay we played holi at langza so that was a very brilliant wow. experience awesome <laughs> we even had a few locals who joined us so that was mm-hmm. good fun uh, so they weren't they weren't usually playing holi before or is it or they all actually already... yeah what i realized there is uh, holi is not a very popular festival there mm-hmm. and especially because uh, like all these colors and uh, pichkari and all of these things these are not easily accessible right so actually right. we went uh, scouting in the market to get a few colors and we were not able to find anything in the market because they said uh, because of the excessive snowfall nothing had arrived in spiti valley that year Oh, okay interesting so they were not okay. able to get that so we got a packet of haldi turmeric mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. and we played holi with that <laughs> so that's that awesome that sounds like fun yeah kind of yeah. celebration so but yeah so that was good fun uh, and then our plan was to go to hikkim and komek but because there was snowfall the previous night when the temperature went down to minus 15 and uh, mm-hmm. that happened so the okay. road to hikkim and komek got closed Oh, so okay. We were not okay. able to visit that, so we were a little sad about that because I actually wanted to send a postcard from the highest post office in the world, yeah, which is located yeah. at Hikkim. Okay. okay. So that's a popular spot to like to have that stamp on your postcard, uh, which like this they have customized the stamp to say highest post office in the world. Wow. Okay. So okay. that's a okay. good souvenir to have. You can actually yeah. address a postcard Definitely. to yourself. Definitely. So I was a little sad about that, and then we the uh, comic is a little ahead of that, so we couldn't even visit that. Okay. Okay. Uh, that's the highest village in the world that is connected by a motorable road. Mm-hmm. So, and you mentioned from Kaza, you went to all these places. Now, for someone who doesn't have a car or bus that 
I imagine you all you went with a group. So if yeah. someone is visiting from a HRTC bus, are they available from Kaza as well, or can we uh, rent so some cars you, from Kaza? Usually they are available, but uh, at these times when the roads get closed because of snowfall, they mm-hmm. usually suspend the bus service. Okay, got it. So got like it. the time when we were there, the buses were running only till Kaza and not uh, to all the places around it. Got it. So okay. the only way to access these places would be either hitchhiking, which is a little difficult because so less number of vehicles are running, mm-hmm. or to get one of the shared cabs. Shared that cabs, of course okay. costs a little more. Mm-hmm. Uh, like it will cost you, I think, five hundred, six hundred rupees per head uh, for a day or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, like that's the way to go around uh, if you want to take the shared cab. If you Got have it. a okay. have your own vehicle, then I think it's the best way to go around. Okay, but, yeah. That's you know, of course, driving in those roads is yeah. not easy. Yeah, right, right. So that was it about our stay around Kaza. And mm-hmm. then we got back to Tabo. So now usually what happens is uh, like people who are doing the entire circuit who are going during the summers mm-hmm. from Kaza, they can head to Chandratal Lake, uh, the very famous lake, uh, yeah. which is yeah. on the Manali route mm-hmm. and cross the Kunzum Pass and Rotang Pass and get to Manali. Okay, okay. that side of the road was closed, obviously, because we were there in the winters. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. we had to retrace our path back to Tabo and then back to Shimla. Shimla, right. On the way back, on the sixth day, we went to the Nako Lake, which we couldn't visit earlier. Okay, okay. So And there we had this amazing experience of walking on a frozen lake. Wow, okay. Okay. Like had somebody shown me that photo of the lake at that time, I wouldn't have believed that that is actually a lake. It simply looked that there's some trees in the background and uh, some snow lying on the foreground. That's it. That sounds incredible. (laughs) That sounds incredible. But we were actually like uh, running on the frozen lake and just taking pictures like that. And there were a few spots which where it's uh, felt a bit adventurous uh, because you could actually see the base of the lake because the ice was so transparent at some places. Wow. So that looks okay. scary. Wow. <laughs> wow. What if the ice cracks or something like that? But yeah, none yeah. of that happened. Yeah. But that was a very good experience to That have. sounds amazing. Definitely. Yeah. Absolutely. So from there you went to Shimla and then you then back took to your flight back. Yeah. Okay. Got it. Got it. Yeah. And you mentioned you interacted with a lot of different people there, with the monks there. And you played holy with the locals there. Yeah, so any yeah, memorable yeah. incident apart from that or any funny interaction with the locals there that you'd like to recall. so one lovely thing happened so like we were all looking for a few t-shirts or some souvenirs to get back from there mm-hmm. okay so this was on the last day of our trip uh, while we were in kaza so that day uh, that night our, our homestay owner the lady at the homestay she mm-hmm. gets to us a big set of uh, t-shirts mufflers um, woolen caps and all these different kind of things wow. that okay. uh, again which I got to know uh, they have an association there like because the markets are closed mm-hmm. so these homestay owners they keep some of these items with them which the tourists look for wow okay so okay. Uh, the lady she got all of these for us and she I think she sat with us for two or three hours and uh, she and her, her husband both of them they shared so many stories about how life is there Wow, interesting. So one, uh, I remember one lovely thing they did for us, like because we couldn't send the postcards, mm-hmm. uh, they actually had a few postcards. They uh, gave them to us. They asked us to write postcards for like whoever we wanted to send it to. Mm-hmm. And they said they will give it to the postman from the Hikkim post office who lives in Kaza. 
and once a week he goes to hikkim gets wow. the uh, post from there and uh, sends it that's so that so was amazing. a very that's so lovely amazing. gesture yeah. that they did yeah. like obviously we were not paying them to do that for us but yeah. uh, they volunteered yeah. to do it for us and like uh, some of our postcards reached some i think got lost in the postal department so mm-hmm. they did send it so that was amazing awesome. apart from that uh, they actually shared another story about uh, how difficult life is in these homestays okay like, the difficulty that these locals face there mm mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. so uh from that uh, like the very reason that i wanted to visit uh, spiti in the winters was i wanted to experience this homestay lifestyle okay. so that is something that you right. will not get during the summers because things are a lot more easily accessible right 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 okay so okay. that is why i wanted to know how things work so there is no running water in the taps the almost half of the river is frozen it's like oh, you can't even okay. touch that water okay. Okay. so there is no water supply so the water that they get is uh, they melt the ice and oh, okay. Uh, okay. like once a day they go to the river and uh, get a bucket load of water from there and they heat the water and use it wow so okay. that is used okay. for kitchen work uh, that is used in the bathrooms and all of it Wow. So that's okay. A that's a different perspective altogether. Yeah. Yeah. Like, yeah. Uh, just living there. Uh, I remember one morning I took out my brush and toothpaste, and the toothpaste mm-hmm. was frozen completely. Oh. <laughs> okay. Okay. It was that cold. So living there at such negative temperatures, like uh, the temperature goes down to minus thirty there at some times, like in the peak of winter. So my God. Okay. January. Okay. Okay. And there are people living there, like there are three thousand people, the locals living in Kaza. Wow. It's a brilliant okay. experience. Yeah. There. And I recommend going to Spiti Valley in the winter, especially for that, and not for sightseeing, because mm, half of the yeah, places are yeah. closed anyways in the winters. Okay. Right. Yeah. Right, you get to live as a traveler when you experience the local culture. So I think that's important as well. True. And so, if I have to ask you the three places, so you mentioned a lot of places, but the three places that we absolutely cannot miss when we go to Spiti Valley, what are they? Ah, uh, one would definitely be Key Monastery mm-hmm. because of the entire experience with the monks and just experiencing yeah. that yeah. old monastery. Ah, mm-hmm. uh, next I would say Chandratal Lake. I haven't been there, but I've heard so much about it that yeah, I yeah. really, really want to go back to Spiti just to experience camping near the Chandratal Lake. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. So that's uh, apparently it's very, very beautiful, uh-huh. and it's a very different experience than how the Blue Pangong Lake is in Ladakh. Okay. Okay. That's one, and uh, the third would be I think I wouldn't say a place, but uh, I would say just walking around the market in the. Aspiti uh, Valley, like we did okay. in Kaza or in Hikkim, just mm-hmm. walking around and seeing how things work. That mm-hmm. is a very okay. different okay. experience in itself. Got it, got it. And what was your budget for the week-long trip? If I have to recommend for a solo traveler or someone who's on a budget trip, how much would so you if, recommend? If you are there in the summers, I think it shouldn't cost you more than ten, twelve thousand rupees at most. As you mean, you are taking the HRTC buses and shared cabs and all of that. Okay. If you're taking obviously a private cab or uh, you're driving on your own, it will cost a little more. Mm-hmm. But yeah, uh, in the winters the cost goes up slightly more because uh, the homestays and all of that that cost slightly more in the winters. Mm-hmm. So I think in the winters you could expect to pay around fifteen, sixteen thousand rupees. Got it. Got it. And you mentioned that of course the altitude issue is there when you reach Kaza. Uh, mm-hmm. quickly from tabo but any adv- any other advice you have for travelers who are visiting spiti for the first time what should they keep in mind uh i would just say be very open about uh, 
how things go ahead in your itinerary mm. because uh, you uh, like we faced a lot of landslides throughout the trip and okay. you can okay. actually get stuck and uh, when you're stuck for so many hours at a place mm-hmm. and you're not able to go to the places that you wanted to for the day so it does tend to get on our nerves right so yes, i think it's very important to have that open mindset while you are going to such places because mm-hmm. the nature is so hostile there right. and uh, and yeah like because it's so cold you should be very prepared for that in the daytime the temperature can be in positive 10 15 degrees or uh, like you could even feel hot in the day you could even sweat in the day but at night the temperature could go down to minus 15 minus 20 degrees so you need wow. to be very okay. careful okay. about that i would re- recommend is uh, to layer up don't just carry one very thick jacket but actually keep several layers of clothing so when it is hot you can take the upper layers off and when it is colder you can put on more layers so that way okay. uh, your body can like actually get used to the temperature change that's very helpful thanks a lot for that and now this is a question i ask all my guests and i know we are in lockdown but you must be planning your next trip already once it ends so tell us where you're planning to go next whenever it opens up <laughs> actually i've been not wanting to plan anything because like whatever plans i have had in my mind they are all getting cancelled now <laughs> yeah, because lock, uh, this yeah. situation gets on extended mm-hmm. but uh, there are a few places that i want to visit like uh, if i think from the top of my head i want to go to the south of india mm-hmm. and uh, do a road trip around there Awesome. And awesome. I even want to take a road trip around my own state. I'm from Odisha, so oh, I want to take a yeah. road trip around here and actually vlog it because there are so many beautiful places here that people don't even know exist. Yeah, and absolutely. Like, even though I am from Odisha, I haven't visited most of these places because I have lived out of the state for so long. Okay, okay. So yeah, awesome. And where can our listeners keep track of your adventures going forward? uh so everyone can follow me on instagram i'm mm-hmm. on instagram as i am antarik it's okay. i a m a n t a r i k and they can follow me on my youtube channel i post weekly travel videos mm-hmm. even now right. during the lockdown i'm posting some video other every week got so, it yeah. okay. okay so we'll link all these in the show notes for this episode and antarik thanks so much for coming on the podcast it was so much fun listening to you talk about speedy and I am just visualizing going there whenever I can so thank you for coming on the show and it was so much fun talking to you thanks so much thanks a lot rohan it was actually an honor to be able to speak about a destination that I'm so privileged and so happy to have explored so thank you yeah, so thank much all right thank you thanks thanks so much if you enjoyed my conversation with antrik and want to listen to more such episodes from our show do subscribe to our channel we are on spotify castbox itunes and wherever else you listen to the show we'd also love to get to know you better get to know your travel experiences and journeys across india we are on instagram at india chalo we'll be posting regular updates on future episodes insta live sessions with travelers from all over the world and so much more so do reach out to us on instagram we'd be happy to talk travel with you Stay tuned.